Hey friends, this is Rachel, your host of the Dishes and Doctrine audio blog. This is episode 42, and today I'm going to be sharing with you a new book that I've recently read that I think you just might enjoy. A few weeks ago, I was able to fly down to South Carolina to spend some time with my sister for the entire weekend. Uh, she had passed the bar exam, and now we have a lawyer in the family, and I was able to be down there to be a part of her special swearing-in ceremony. And another absolutely amazing part of that weekend was that I got a lot of time on the airplane totally by myself, kid-free. So I listened to quite a few podcast episodes and watched an entire movie and also read an entire book. And that just is unheard of. And I'm going to get to that book in just a minute. But first, I also wanted to let you know about something that we've been doing in our home recently that's kind of been working for us. I don't know about you, but we definitely struggle with our kids and the amount of time that they spend with technology. On the iPad, they have a DS, and they also like to play games on the TV. And during the school year, our rule of thumb is no technology um, on week or yeah, on weekdays, like so school days, you, we homeschool. So the tendency is to when they're done with school, they want to immediately run and go play the iPad. And um, instead, I'd really like them to be using their brains in creative ways going outside when they can, um, except for in the dead of winter, of course. And that's a flexible rule in our home. But I knew heading into summertime, that we would have a rough time without school going on to keep them occupied at least part of the day. And so we came up with a plan that has been working pretty well so far. Um, it's a new chore chart in our home, and my boys earn technology time by completing various activities throughout the morning. They can't do any technology until after lunch. And they can choose from a variety of different jobs that I've listed out for them, like uh, vacuuming the living room, collecting the household trash, and all of those earn them minutes of play. They also have to complete time investing in creative activities or uh, playing outside before they pick up their Nintendo. And this, of course, is above and beyond the normal responsibilities that they have to do every day, like making their bed and cleaning their room and things like that. Now, it wasn't my initial purpose, but this system has actually been extremely helpful for me. Even the small jobs that are done by my nine-year-old relieve some of the pressure on me of running a busy home. Sharing the load of work has allowed me to take a breather every now and then. Now, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom to three young children, but the jobs that I have to complete in a typical week are surprisingly similar to a big city attorney or a third world shepherd. We all have food to cook and clothes to wash, and we're slaves to the cycle of household work that has no end. The monotony of it can be a heavy burden to bear. Not many people talk about it very often. That's why I was so grateful to read the brand new book on my plane ride by Courtney Reisig. It's entitled Glory in the Ordinary, Why Your Work in the Home Matters to God. She addresses two misunderstandings about work. Number one, it's only valuable when it's rewarded with payment. And number two, that it's only valuable when it's great 
or successful or well-known. I love how she sums up a feeling that most of us have probably experienced. She says this, We are living in a time when being ordinary is the worst thing that can happen to a person, and nothing screams ordinary like at-home work. I know I can relate. Can you? She develops a critical point throughout the beginning of the book, which lays a foundation for the rest of the chapters. Our work is rooted in our role as image bearers of God. Creating order from disorder not only reflects our creator, but brings glory to him, no matter how small the job may be. Courtney touches on some very important topics relating to work, including rest, the idol of work, and the calling in our work. She emphasizes that our work here on earth is training for the jobs that we'll have in the new and perfect earth that's to come when Jesus returns. The book is a perfect length. It's it's long enough for thought-provoking content, yet it's short enough for a busy mom to read in between her responsibilities throughout the day, or for a mom like me who happens to get a weekend away from the kids. Courtney leaves the reader with hope that there is a deeper purpose in our work. She closes the book with this encouragement. Your work might be ordinary, but it's filled with glory. Your work might be mundane, but it's taking you somewhere. Your work may be born out of blood, sweat, and tears, literally, but it's producing life in others for people who have eternity in front of them. It's good work. It's meaningful work, and it matters to God. I would highly recommend this book to those struggling with the never-ending cycle of work that is required of you each and every day. If you feel swamped and dismayed at the jobs that never seem complete, then this book is for you. I was so refreshed after reading Courtney's words, and now I have a renewed perspective of the importance of work that I'm called to do in my home. I'll put a link in the show notes to Amazon where you can purchase this book, and I'll also add this book to my resources page over at DishesAndDoctrine.com. You may be new to the podcast here or new to the website DishesAndDoctrine.com, but one of my favorite parts is the resources tab. It's up at the top. If you click on that, you'll find it's divided into several sections, Uh, blogs that I love following and reading, some of my favorite books some resources for kids, and then some of my favorite podcasts. So if you are looking for something new to read or listen to, hop over to dishesanddoctrine.com and check out the resources page. I look forward to talking to you soon, and I hope you have a great week.